Welcome back to the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Luke. The listener's commentary seeks to provide down-to-earth Bible teaching in the language of everyday life so that we can follow Jesus right in the midst of our everyday life. It's what I call blue jeans theology. That is theology in the language of everyday life and everyday dress so that we can follow Jesus right where we live on a regular basis. And the listener's commentary is, as a reminder, a crowdfunded Bible teaching project. That is, we're giving this away for free because we believe that uh, everybody ought to have access to the life-changing and life-giving message of Jesus. And so by giving it away for free as a crowdfunded project, that makes it as widely available as possible, and yet it still costs to host it and produce it. And so it's funded by listeners, listeners who have received value from this, who believe in the vision and mission of this project, listeners like you. And so to each and every one of you who supports this ministry through your financial donations, thank you a ton. God is using this ministry to make a difference in the lives of people all around the world. And if you have been blessed by the listener's commentary and benefited from it, found its teaching helpful, then would you prayerfully consider becoming one of the team members who makes this ministry possible? You can do so at the link in the notes down below where it says support the show, support the ministry. And so uh, thanks a ton for those of you who do that. Thanks a ton to those of you who are listening right now who uh, join the team and become supporters of the listener's commentary. In this specific session, we're going to look at a short little section right at the end of Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, 38 through 42, and it's a very short section, but a section with a very powerful message. It focuses on what really is the heart of being a disciple of Jesus. And in context, Jesus is still traveling along the road. He's still teaching and training his disciples and preparing them for ministry and mission after he leaves because he knows where the story is going and he knows he needs to have his disciples ready. And so he's spending plenty of time with those closest to him and teaching them his way and his mission. And here in this section, we enter into a village and a home in that village of people who were very close friends of Jesus. Here's the way this little story reads, verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, once again, Jesus is traveling along the road. That's the section of Luke we're in, what scholars typically call the, the travel narrative. It goes from 951 all the way up through the middle of chapter 19, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. But this particular story illustrates what we've said several times, that Luke isn't actually giving us a strict chronology. Here's how it illustrates that. Jesus is traveling along, and he enters a village. It's going to be the village of uh, Martha, Mary, and their brother, Lazarus. Um, we know from John chapter 11 that that family lives in Bethany. Bethany is just two miles outside of Jerusalem. And so if Luke were following a strict chronology, then by the time we get to this story, we've already arrived at Jerusalem. But that's not Luke's point. He is uh, just intending to package all of these snapshots in this section under that heading of Jesus heading towards Jerusalem and knowing that he's going to die there, but he's not following a strict itinerary, a strict tight geographical flow. It's more topical and it's more theological. So Jesus is traveling along with his entourage. They were traveling along. He enters a village, the village where Martha and Mary live, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they appear to be good friends of Jesus from what we can tell elsewhere in the Gospels, particularly in John chapter 11. They were close to him. They knew him. He loved them. They were, they were, they were good friends is the way that story in John chapter 11 unfolds. And so Martha welcomed her friend and her Lord Jesus into her home. And Martha, verse 39, had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. Now, this is significant here in verse 39. Notice that Mary isn't where the women were supposed to be. In her culture, there were very strict roles between men and women. There were very strict responsibilities, and there were, um, there were very strict sections of the house in formal or social settings that were appropriate to the women and to the men. Mary isn't where the women are supposed to be. Men and women didn't intermingle like this. Mary's place is in the back making preparations, uh, cooking the food, preparing the food, uh, preparing for the guests, making sure everything is going to go according to plan and going according to order to host this good friend, and this important rabbi, Jesus himself. That's where Mary's supposed to be. She's in the back helping Martha with the preparations, but she's not. She's with Jesus. Um, and notice, even though men and women don't mingle like this, and even though what Mary is doing is uh, across the grain and you know, counter-cultural, not going according to social mores and propriety, she is being welcomed with Jesus at his feet. Um, in fact, to be welcomed at his feet, to be seated at his feet and listening to his word, that's the language of discipleship. She is sitting at the feet of her rabbi, learning from him. That is, she's acting as his disciple. And rabbis, they didn't have women disciples. And so this is surprising. This is shocking. She's studying, listening, learning at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. Well, Martha's bothered by all of this and bothered by the work that she's trying to do all by herself. So here's what happens, verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And that word distracted um, literally means pulled away. She's pulled away from the most important thing. She's pulled away from Jesus. Like, She's unfocused, and she's distracted, and she's harried, and she's bothered by so many things. Martha's actually doing the culturally honorable thing. Hospitality was deeply and highly valued in this culture. Um, that was important and even noble work. And so what Martha is doing, preparing uh, uh, to take care of Jesus and this entourage that is with him, this is noble work. It's the culturally honorable thing. She's doing, quote-unquote, the right thing, at least as her culture was concerned. Um, and so she is making all these prep preparations. She is distracted by those preparations. And she came up, verse 40, she came up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the serving by myself? Tell her to help me. And so she is, she's working hard, doing the right thing, thing, culturally speaking, doing the honorable and the noble thing. And, and she comes to Jesus, notice, and she calls him Lord. 
But she, in effect, issues a reprimand to him. Look, Jesus, you're not making Martha or Mary do what she's supposed to be doing. You're not honoring me, Martha, by making her help me. And she's do, she's left me to do it all by herself. So put her in her place, Jesus. That's what Martha is asking Jesus to do to Mary. Um, taking care of her guests has actually caused Martha to be distracted from the most important thing. Even though hospitality is honorable and noble work, it's not the most important work. It's not the most important thing. Here is how Jesus responds to Martha in verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're, you're worried and distracted by many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And so Jesus, whom we noted um, in John 11, is a close friend of this family. Jesus gently corrects Martha. And again, this is surprising. According to her culture, according to everything everybody knew, right? Martha is actually doing the honorable thing, and Mary is not. But Jesus gently corrects Martha. Martha, Martha, this is, these are words of a friend. These are words of somebody who loves her. This is, this is a gentle, heartfelt correction. Martha, Martha. And notice what he says. You're worried and distracted by many things. And that combination of words, worried and distracted, really helps us understand what's going on here and the problem. It's not just that Martha is busy getting stuff done. It's the way she's getting stuff done. Uh, the, the reason uh, for that is her focus is off. She's worried and distracted. She's harried. She's running around. She wants everything to be right. Jesus has showed up, and he's got all these guests, and I've got to make it right, and we've got to have all the food. And so she's, she's harried. She's in kind of inner turmoil. She's stressed out, and she's right unfocused and pulled in multiple directions, and she's kind of going hither, thither, and yon, right? She's, that's the problem. There's this harried, um, uptight, stressed out, kind of frenetic spirit that has distracted Martha. And notice what Jesus says, that you're worried distracted by many things, but only one thing is necessary. Notice that contrast. Many things, one thing. Martha, if you could just focus, if you could focus on the most important thing, it would really help you do your tasks differently. It would help you do your tasks better. Uh, one commentator says, Martha is making a mistake common to host. She is in danger of getting so bogged down in the details of hospitality that she forgets the point of the whole exercise. Um, Jesus is not going to rebuke Mary. Jesus is not going to take this crucial moment away from Mary. Jesus is going to let Mary, even though it's countercultural and even though it's not normal. Jesus is going to welcome Mary at his feet. He calls it the good part. Mary has chosen the good thing, the good part. And she is focused on the most important thing. And Jesus says, it's not going to be taken away from her. I'm not going to rebuke Mary. I'm not going to put her in her place. Just because you're worried and distracted by many things, just because uh, cultural propriety says this is what you need to do. What Mary has chosen is the really important thing. She is sitting at Jesus' feet and learning as a good disciple. 
that's the most important thing. That's where she needs to be. And so as we just reflect on this very simple and short story, it reminds us that the most important activity of a disciple is listening to and learning from Jesus. That's the key thing. We heard that in the Transfiguration account there on the mountain when God, speaking from the cloud, said to the three disciples there with Jesus, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Hear him. Learn from him. Uh, Pay attention to him. Mary is doing that. She's listening to Jesus. She's learning as a faithful disciple. She's doing that against the grain of social expectations. She's doing that even though there were other good things that could be done. She's doing that, and Jesus isn't going to take that away from her. The fact is, is we cannot call ourselves disciples of Jesus If we're doing lots of good things, but we're not doing the most important thing. We can't call ourselves disciples of Jesus if we aren't sitting at his feet, listening to him, and learning from Jesus and his word. That's the number one thing of a disciple. And that gives focus to our lives, gives shape to our lives, direction to our lives, is learning to be still and sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him and learn from him.